curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything, Mr. Curiosity. Alrighty, folks, Mr. Curiosity is here, and there goes Sean! Bye! He's out of here, webmaster. What do you think about the webmaster? You like that term, webmaster? Yeah, I think that's a pretty cool term. <laughs> All right, I, I, I wouldn't personally want it to be associated with my name. <laughs> But <laughs> I think it's a cool I think it's a cool term to, right. to have. I am Joe Snedeker, <laughs> Mr. Curiosity Podcast, and the voice you hear is from our very own Jeremy Luan. You can do it. Luan. Luan. Do you know there's yes. a there's a there's a there's a wood called Luan. I don't know if the spelling Andy is Palumbo this. Colombo taught me about that wood. Yeah, it's like a it's like a cheap simulated covering that you put on things. Spelled it's differently. Spelled differently. It's called Luan. Luan. But yours isn't but Luan. Is pronounced the same way. Luan. So, yeah, but the see, speaker. I'm saying Luan because I'm used to using the wood, but yours is more Luan. Luan. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Jeremy Luan. Now, folks, before we get into this, as always, I have the bell here because if I say anything to Jeremy that makes him uncomfortable, he hits the bell and I shut up. This is... Snedeker, shut up. Okay, I don't wanna, think we'll have to use it. You want to practice? Snedeker, shut up. Watch. Hey, hey, uh, hey. Should I just use the whole podcast then? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's what I know about you. Because, folks, again, I go into these things not knowing the person I'm interviewing usually. And it's not an interview. It's more just a chat. And, and unfortunately, some, we haven't had too much time to we chat. We haven't had much time together. I only filled in for you once. And uh, other than that, we met each other in passing. In passing, in studio, two ships so. in the night. And right. you're our new... Fill in part-time meteorologist. That's right. And here's what I know about you. The women love him. He's good-looking. He's well-dressed. What other meteorologist in the whole country has a side title model? This is, you you are also, I think, a shock to NEPA because most NEPA meteorologists just look like nerdy guys in... I wouldn't say that about yourself, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Come on. Well, I'm definitely not most because I, you know, I have the shorts and I don't yeah. wear tie. I hate formality of any And Valerie type. and Allie is extremely fashionable. Right. So. so before, yeah, my point is that WNEP allows personalities to bloom. And that's what makes this place unique. Yeah, Absolutely. and that's what I love about you. You come in, you got the man bun, you got clothes that... Um, I guess isn't traditional NEPA TV Maybe meteorologist. Today, today we're traditional. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta delve into your life. I gotta know all about you. Um, so let's go back to the year that planet Earth was in when you emerged as a new child. I am in the same century as you. I'm a 1999 baby. Nine. So, oh, I'm glad yes. you. Oh, and that's I'm glad beautiful. I was born in the last century as well because the 2000s. Created a whole new type of child. <laughs> so I, I kind of actually associate a lot with millennial childhood memories. You know, those same games that millennials played with. But my personality is more of a Gen Z. So what do you think about the millennial stereotype? Are you, do you, are you upset by that? Do you like it? Do you fit in? I, what, what is it? It's kind of like a lazy Yeah, they video. say we're lazy. I would say I'm definitely not a lazy you person. Know, to get well, where all I stereotypes have been today. are just that. That's stereotypes true. are That's horrible. True. Yeah. Um, but I, you want to you want to be more of a Gen Z, you said. I think I, I my personality is more of a Gen Z, but my childhood memories are that of a millennial. I'm just on that cusp period. I think millennial Gen Z uh, occurred between 1996 and 1997 or something like that. 96 and since is the cutoff. 99. Yeah. I had a lot of the same, you know, Etch-a-Sketches and things like that. And what's interesting is being born in 1999, 
iPhones really didn't become a thing until 2008, 9, 10. Right. So you were still yeah. a child and not everyone was hooked to their phone. No. Yeah, I didn't have that experience. So that's where the millennial Gen Z yeah. cuts off, right? So I got my first cell phone when I was 10 years old. I got it for my 10th birthday. Well, that is pretty early. Flip still, phone, come on. Okay. But it was just, like a Razor? Razor? Uh, no, it was a, uh, a Samsung. A Samsung flip phone. My okay. mom and dad got it for me for my birthday. And uh, it was just to call when I needed to come home. Emergency. Emergency. <laughs> it was when I was outside playing with my friends, and, and she had to call me and say, it's time for dinner, and up I'd come. Get up. That's <laughs> interesting. You flip that thing open. Ma's calling. And yeah. Up. Back in my day, That was, was when you had to press three times to get the letter. Oh, yes. Yeah. That, that seems so archaic. It now. does. Why would they, who, it does. who thought of that system? <laughs> well, as opposed to my time, it was be like, Super time! Or come home when the street lights street light street came lights on. Street lights come on, yeah. or the, you hear one of the parents yell because it was a small neighborhood. <laughs> but anyway, so you popped out uh, 1999. 1999. To put this in reference, I was hired full-time here in 1999. Wow. I was working part-time before that. Look at that. 1999 was an important it's year. It's a big year. <laughs> so where were you uh, born? I was born in Bayonne, New Jersey. Uh, I was born and raised in Bayonne, New Jersey. I and for those who don't know Bayonne, New Jersey. Right across the river from New York City. So uh, you have New York, Manhattan. Right. Then there's the Hudson River. And then right across Hudson River is Jersey City. South of Jersey City is Bayonne. So I am a hop, skip, and a jump away from New York City. So... So NEPA people, I think, think of you as a city guy, even though probably if you're from that area, the city is over there. You're not a city guy. A little bit of a distinction when it's you say? A, it's still urban. Yeah, it's very urban. It's still very urban, and I grew up in a poorer neighborhood, you know, inner city, uh, technically still considered inner city, but I didn't live in a big city. I didn't live in Manhattan. I didn't live with the taxis going around. It's it's a smaller neighborhood. Um, a lot of diversity. Jersey City was actually named the most diverse city in the entire country Get out for here. quite a while. Um, and Bayonne has a pretty diverse population too. A lot of Egyptian people, a lot of Polish influences, a big Italian population. So we and a big black population, African American population. So we kind of have a, a large diversity, a large array of people, which you see in the city a lot of the time. But it's in a smaller neighborhood, so we have these little sections where um, well, everybody lives. And in a way, it was like that here, too. Um, I'm a child of the 60s and 70s. I was born in 66. But where I grew up, to give you perspective, everyone kind of looked the same. Mm -hmm. Nipa, this is in the 70s. But there was the Polish church in community, the Italian church in community, the Irish church in community. Mm -hmm. So it was mainly European whites. But nevertheless, diversity within it. But there yeah. was diversity, and we would all get along. So uh, not, not as diverse as yours, I'm sure. But Now, when you say that, though, do you feel like, hmm, how do I say this? Do you feel like when you came here and you, by the way, when did you come here for the first time? When, did you, when were you introduced to Northeastern PA? So um, I used to come up pretty often with my mom and dad when I was young because we love the Delaware Water Gap and we're hikers and we Get would out. go to the Tammany Trail all the time. We especially love the Dunfield Creek Trail. We would go really? up to Sunfish Pond. Um, we did that a lot when I was little. So um, in kindergarten, and kindergarten is important because that was when I gave my first weather forecast when I was five years old, um, we had this uh, bear called, uh, the stuffed animal called Traveling Teddy. And he would be in the suitcase and everybody got him for a week. You know, throughout the kindergarten year. So the teacher provided the teacher this provided thing? traveling Teddy. Yes, Mrs. Geary, very important lady. Hopefully traveling she sees this. Traveling Teddy. Teddy. 
And he, um, we took him up the trail, up Tammany Trail. We always, everybody takes a picture with him and then pins it inside of the suitcase. So, you know, you have oh. years and years of students who are now graduated from elementary school, Get up, but still have their pictures within the suitcase of Traveling Teddy. So. But still, Jeremy, this is a hit and run. You were just hitting into Nipa, and this is really southeastern part of our viewing area, and then getting back to the city. Yeah. I guess I'm asking that because when you... So when did you become, and we have to get to this in the arc of your life, but I guess what I'm getting at, did you find this area more monotone than what you were used to? No. More European whites everywhere. Not more necessarily. More guys like me who, 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 who have these roundish heads. <laughs> <laughs> Just like your pot outside, right? Just, that's right. <laughs> Just like your We're going to get one of you, mate. I'm waiting for mine. We're going to get one they, of those guys. I no, hope but you know what I mean? One. There is a little bit of a cultural shock for anybody. Even Mindy, who came from the Midwest mm. in Iowa, when she came here, she noticed differences. Let's just face it. There's differences. So when you come from this ethnically, ethnically, ethnically diverse area and you're right. put here in Nipah, what do you feel? Well, you know what? I feel like I can be a change. I feel like I can make a difference, you know? Um, when I came, I kind of expected myself to receive a lot of disdainful comments about what I look like no or joke. that I don't look professional Truly? enough because that's what I've gotten my whole life. I was told I'd have to cut my hair, I'd have to cut my beard because I look too ethnic or that um, I just won't fit in and uh, I'm, I'd have to move really far away from home for my first job. Interesting. You so mean all in these the stereotypes. business. Yes, uh, news directors that I've spoken to, meteorologists from I'm across the country. I'm glad you're fighting the power. Thank you. Because, no, because you're right. Every Now that we have Roku's and streaming on TV, I watch local news all across the nation. You ever do that just to see what they're like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll watch local news from New York City, from Cincinnati, from Dallas. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's a sea of monotone boring. It's all these guys in suits with fake hair, <laughs> dyed hair, maybe over-whitened teeth, blow-dried hair. Yeah. I want some just people being natural. And that's what we found here in NEPA. So I want to get back to the fact that I thought that I was not going to be well-received here. Uh, just because of my different look. Yeah. And it was the exact opposite. Isn't that something? I received something? so much love from when they first announced me down at the Times Tower lighting ceremony on yeah, Thanksgiving yeah, Eve yeah. with Kurt. I received thousands of comments. Thousands of people reached out to me about how much they love my look, how much they love my, uh, awesome? my hair. And I just was taken aback by it. I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't expect all this love. And I'm so glad that people are changing their viewpoints on what professional is, and I'm helping to facilitate that. Exactly. Because, I mean, this is considered professional, but what you do every morning is professional. You're giving the weather and making sure that people are prepared for their day, and when it threatens their comfort or security, they're also prepared, especially for their security when it comes to their property property, or when it comes to their well-being. You know, that's what a professional meteorologist does, is they provide the accurate information so that the, their viewers are prepared. And that's what professionalism is, not what you look like, not what you present yourself on the outside. Couldn't agree more. And I always think the term classy and professional are, are two abused words because I have a better one for you. Being professional and being classy it can summarize it in one word. It's respect. If you have respect. Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to summarize it as Joe Snedeker. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, but I'm classy because I respect other people. That's mm-hmm. all it takes. If you respect other people, you're classy. 100%. Putting a suit on doesn't make you classy or give you uh, professionalism because there's a lot of 
uh, highbrows and ignorant people who treat others horribly, and mm-hmm. the list goes on. So, all right, so you're born in uh, the city, yes. outskirts, So Bayonne. born and raised in Bayonne, and then you, I grew public up. Public school there? Yes, yeah, so I went to the school just three blocks from my house, Woodrow Wilson Elementary School. As I said, I w- did my first weather forecast. I used to give weather forecasts in homeroom uh, at kindergarten class. Uh, I would watch the Weather Channel every morning. So this so was much so that my mom would get tired of watching the local on the eights, and she'd like, Jeremy, shut the damn Weather Channel off at this point. <laughs> so I'd it, watch it for hours. It shows you. You didn't choose it. No. And that seems yeah. to be the story with so many uh, meteorologists. Same thing with Oftentimes, me. Oftentimes, we're weather weenies. They like to call us. You know. But is this? Is there a scientific uh, DNA flowing through your uh, chromosomes? Uh, we there? must be having the same chromosomal flow. No, then, I'm wondering yes, your, your parents. Is what I'm getting at. Do well, you, my mom, my mom's a, a nurse, and my okay. dad's a pharmacist, so they're both involved in yeah, science. Yeah, so these are both science careers, the scientific methods. So but you I don't think have that. I don't think that really influenced me at all. You know, you from a very know. young age, I was fascinated by rainstorms specifically. You could not get me back inside during a rainstorm. I'd work, I'd have my little umbrella, my little galoshes on, and I'd be standing there. What really fascinated me was the water going down the. Um, down the gutters. The rivulets of water just as it goes past down the street into the gutter, I would just stand there for hours. I'd throw <laughs> I'd throw a leaf in the top of the street and then I'd run with it as it got to the end. And, it, and I'd have my parents out there for hours watching me, waiting for me to be done. <laughs> See, this was your introduction to fluid dynamics. Uh, oh, I don't know if that gave me enough of an introduction to fluid dynamics, let me tell you. <laughs> so so um, I didn't see any calculus equations floating in no, that little no, rivulet. That stuff is torture. <laughs> Do, so are there siblings? No, I'm an only child. Only child. Mm-hmm. So I can't compare you and say, oh, look, your sister did the same thing or your brother had an interest in science. We don't know. We yeah. don't know. You're the only one. Okay, so. And a lot of the times I get questions. Hey, were you ever lonely as an only child? Did you ever want siblings? And I didn't. I, I was showered with love. I think no one's ever going to know what it's like to have something they never had. It's like asking a blind man if they miss seeing, though. You don't yeah, know. You're right. Yeah, you do. So. You're right. You, you know, if you had been blessed with brothers and sisters, now you'd probably be like, I couldn't live without them. <laughs> but you never had it, so you don't miss it. I think I just, I had very close cousins. Right. They live upstate New York, and I spent a lot of time in my childhood with them and very close friends. My best friend lives directly across the street from me, and I'd spend so much time with him across the street that he was basically my brother. No, oh, gotcha. And just having close friends and close family members, I always felt, you know, supported by a, a really close network of close friendships and close relationships. And that's important. So, yeah. So I never felt like I needed a sibling. So during the schooling years, you and you said you and your buddies would all hang out and everything. Was it like stick ball, touch football? Are a lot you of touch football, yeah. So right behind my house, there's a street, and we all used to play out on the street, manhunt all the time, yeah. touch football all the time, um, and, and we were very close there in the, uh, in the back street. Um, we would go up and down playing together all the time. There was a lot of stray cats that we ended up befriending, so uh, we had a whole menagerie of, <laughs> of uh, friends down there. So um, when I'm picturing this neighborhood, though, is there is there trouble right around the corner, too, or not not that kind of thing? Um, there's rough neighborhoods in every city, Yeah. right? But um, I was lucky enough to grow up in one where I was able to play outside on the street without fear of being taken. <laughs> and, uh, th- I mean, there, there's always the look over your shoulder on your way to school. But, gotcha. Um, I was just going to continue to tell you real quick about the kindergarten class that I would go in and I'd give my forecast uh, in homeroom and my kindergarten teacher encouraged me to do that. She kept telling me, hey, you know, you're you should continue to do this. You know, I'm really proud of you. And then she would spend special time with me. She used to actually read me 
give me special lessons at the second grade reading level because I was uh, a little bit advanced for my time um, in kindergarten. But after giving those forecasts in, in homeroom, my students started stealing my thunder, so to speak, and started giving forecasts in homeroom themselves. So they'd li- bring their little slip of paper just right, like I would. Because they saw you getting they the extra attention? Giving, <laughs> giving the forecast. So I would come home crying, and I was like, I'm not the only weatherman in the class oh anymore. Oh, my God. you think they would have been creative and taken a different approach, maybe cover sports or something. <laughs> but they, 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 wanted it, they wanted us to try out the weather scene. Uh, but I think I'm the only one who actually continued to pursue it. But... Um, Throughout elementary school at Woodrow Wilson, as I rose through the grades, I became known as the school weatherman, and they used to have me give weather forecasts over the loudspeaker during the uh, right after the Pledge of Allegiance. I used to give weather forecasts, especially when there was a snowstorm coming up, and then I'd have people coming up to me in the halls all the time. Hey, is there going to be a snow day tomorrow? What's the probability? This is and, unbelievable. Um, this is my exact future, too. <laughs> so it didn't wax or wane. All along, you knew it was there, all and you pursued it. There was no doubt, like, ah, passing no, thing. No I'm doubt gonna, that I want to be a, be a meteorologist, and I'm very very lucky that I had nothing but nurturing parents and nurturing mentors throughout my entire life. No one ever dissuaded me from being a meteorologist. Um, Why would they? Well, I mean, there's a lot of the time uh, I hear students who wanted to be meteorologists and ended up going into some other field because their parents just didn't ever support them with something like that. They thought it was all glitz and glamour or uh, they just didn't see a point in going into something like that. Yeah, I couldn't you know, even Become a doctor, that. become a lawyer, do something with your life that's going to be fulfilling and actually going to make us mo- some money. Um, that's but the worst advice ever. Exactly. I completely agree with you. And that's why I'm so lucky to have gotten advice to continue to be... Uh, pursuant of this of this passion that I've always had you since I was little. You gotta follow the passions, man. Yep. Then the rest comes. Yep. Yep. So, so. did you, uh, when you're in middle school now and, and getting into high school, and you're taking your trigonometry and your calc and your chemistry and your yep. physics, did they all come easy? Did were you you know breezing through that stuff? Um, were, you, were you? I guess what I'm asking were you, you know were you kind of uh, the, the the Poindexter, the nerdy? You I know, don't think anything comes easy to me. I work for everything I, I get. Okay. You know, I, I'm a very hard worker, and I achieved what I achieved because of how hard I worked. I'm not super smart. All I do is I work hard. Um, in eighth grade, I started to delve into the more climate change sector of meteorology, the climate science versus the weather. And for those of you who don't know, weather is your outfit. Climate is your wardrobe. That's what I like to I say. I like how he's addressing so. the camera. <laughs> See, all these so. interviews are on YouTube. If you're listening, <laughs> you can watch on YouTube also. Weather is what, you, as you well know, weather is what you experience every day. Climate is the long term. You know, uh, how does this area experience the weather on a long term basis? So I started to become fascinated by that, and I did some research for my science fair project about uh, the effects of increased carbon dioxide on <clears throat> the atmosphere and how it's going to continue to warm our, our climate. At what point? You're in like 10th, 11th grade? This year, is or? now 8th grade. Oh, 8th grade, okay. So um, they sent me, I won a gold medal in my 8th uh, grade class for my project, and then they sent me to the Hudson County Science Fair, which is where Bayonne is located in Hudson County. Um, and I was the first ever gold medalist for my elementary school in the entire county. How awesome is that? For that project. So, now, um, may I ask with that project, you know, students that age are typically doing volcanoes or solar systems, some <laughs> little mock a demonstration. You can't do a demonstration of carbon dioxide in a little atmosphere. Did you have... I did little, I did create a little atmosphere myself. Like so a little glass I, greenhouse? I created a bottle, a okay. plastic bottle. So uh, it was a um, seltzer bottle. Okay. And I t- affixed it to my mom's old car, the muffler. 
and I had that go into one bottle, and then I had a control bottle of just regular atmosphere, um, and then I heated it up with, uh, I can't remember what source I used to heat it, but then I checked it with a temperature gun, and one was warmer, well oh, warmer than the ingenious. other. Oh, this um, is pretty ingenious. Oh, that is pretty cool. Of course, there's increased levels of carbon dioxide in So you in got the carbon exhaust. dioxide from the exhaust, yeah. which had a higher concentration. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So um, Also particulates. And, and uh, also particulates and all kinds <laughs> of other types of greenhouse gases that come out of our cars. Yeah, water vapor. But... Um, yeah, oh, so that's, that's how cool. I did it, and uh, it was pretty awesome to be able to to be received for that award, um, to receive that award, and and to bring honor to my school who had never gotten that honor before. Um, it was such a big deal that everybody in the school got no homework that day, <laughs> and there are students to this day who were in first grade when I was in eighth grade, will tell me, you're the kid who Get got us no homework wow. that day. See, that's pretty awesome. And I don't know if it's ever happened since. <laughs> that's awesome. So it was like a regional competition. Did you it, say was a, it was a Hudson County Science Fair. So the entire county, I was the only eighth grade gold medalist. How many were in your uh, class throughout your uh, education, like a graduating class? In so my school? graduating class, about 100. Oh, so this is small stuff. In, in my school but yeah. there's 11 or 12 elementary schools throughout all of bayonne right and no. then there's how many schools throughout all of hudson county oh that's so. interesting because a lot of times you'll hear city people i keep calling you that you're probably rolling your eyes <laughs> they're graduating with three four five hundred students that's and i know in, that's in the high school so did you in the high school realm so did you? um there's bayonne high school right but there's also several technical vocational high schools uh, more like magnet schools throughout the county um, uh, called the Hudson County Schools of Technology. And I got accepted to High Tech High School in North Bergen, which was a hour and a half bus ride every morning. Um, brutal! You're brutal. getting up an hour and a half earlier, even though early is too early already for students at that yeah. age. Yeah, so I was up around 5 every morning So that for high technical school. school means what? Is this like an it academic was, AP thing? It was or a blue it? ribbon high school, and it was actually named like 12th best in the country really? when I had applied. Um, so and you're they getting only the cream accept, of the crop in a public school. I'm really lucky to have been able to go there. You know, I was with students who with a like mind, you know, same mindset as I had, very determined, very uh, persistent, uh, very smart. And I was able to as associate with these students from across the county who have all these different interests. But the reason I wanted to go to high tech is because you can major in high school. That was what made it different from Bayonne High School. You could have your own major, and they had an environmental science major oh, at my high school. Interesting. And I applied for that and got in. And uh, you know that had a specific so focus. I was going to say they tailor the courses to your future endeavor. Right, exactly. So I got to take courses in GIS, geospatial informatics. Um, I got to take specific courses in environmental science, in field research. We got to do soil samples every morning. The geosciences, number one. The geosciences, exactly. So d if I understand this, because I didn't know this ex exists, actually, this is almost like when you hear of students going to a private school. They're getting the cream of the crop. We got a private school education at a public school. At a public school. Is this rare, do you know? I don't. I, 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 I would think so. Yeah, um, that's interesting. But I'm really lucky to have, to have gone there. But and you had to, of course, reach apply. This, yeah, applied and take a certain level of courses and have this certain deem. You know, you're uh, you're intellectually qualified to do such a thing. Right. Well, that's interesting. Um, that's awesome. But I'm I'm really lucky to have gone there and with students who are so diverse in thought and interest. 
You know, there yeah. were students who were dance majors that I was friends with, students oh. who were digital design majors who helped me with my project sometimes, you know, art majors. Uh, I was, had friends who were biomedical majors, a lot of biomed students because, you know, science yeah, crossed yeah, over. Yeah. We had a lot of classes together. But it also um, increases the competition. You're not the smartest guy around anymore. If you stayed in the public realm with everybody else, you well, stand I, out. Now, I'm not intimidated by that. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't need to be the smartest guy in the well, room. Well, I'm just saying. But now, yeah, you're, you're rivaling with the cream of the crop. But I'm really lucky to have awesome. been with such students, you know, who are really uh, as, as propelled as I am. And nothing through these years took you away from your desires no, for meteorology, No, in right? fact, it actually, what I like to say, intensified my <laughs> Category 1 desire to be a meteorologist <laughs> you see to a Category there? 5 You see passion. what he's doing? He's making a hurricane <laughs> connection here. It became a Category 5 interest in wanting to become a meteorologist. My uh, environmental science teacher, Miss Witham, she was a very important influence on my future. Uh, I had her as my homeroom teacher, and she was well aware of me wanting to be a meteorologist. And she found this opportunity at Penn State University here in Pennsylvania um, called Advanced Weather Camp, where we could go for a week and experience what it's like to be a meteorologist, do our own green screen uh, experience. We'd go to National Weather Service, AccuWeather Studios. Get out of here. Um, but it was $1,000, and there was no way I could afford that. Whoa, whoa, wait. Back up. So what, what grade is this? This is 10th grade summer. So the tenth grade sophomore summer. year, summer into junior year. Now, I hate to sound like a jerk now, but uh, your mom making good money. The dad, pharmacy, I believe you said. This is, this is a middle, if not high-end uh, high category of income. Uh, so I would think 1000 bucks in a summer. Come on. Yeah, we don't have Am that I much getting, money. Are we going for the <laughs> no, 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 not but at all. I, you know, but it's like, not like, oh, my, my father, he worked in the factory, and my that's mom true. stayed at home. I didn't have any money. I mean, a 1000 bucks. you think they'd say, hey, let, we can do this. Luckily, um, I had some financial help okay. from Miss Witham because we're still not really well off. And, gotcha. Um, it's good to be able to have people who can give you the financial assistance when you need it. So you get a grant and um, you do it. So, yes. So D Shelly Witham, Miss Miss Witham, now Dr. Witham, I should call her. Ooh, she got her doctorate uh -huh. while I, uh, after I graduated. Um, Dr. Witham was super persistent for me to go to this weather camp. So she rallied the foundation, the Hudson County Schools of Technology Foundation, for a grant for me to be able to go to this weather camp. Oh, that is so cool. So I got a $1,000 scholarship to go. And as a token of my appreciation while I was there, I made a video diary just to show the foundation what I did and the principal oh, you know, over the summer. to say, hey, this was worth your investment in me. Right. And I always loved video making. You know, I, I found this little auxiliary passion of mine, um, and I started doing some videos. I, I love bike, bike riding, you know, just like you do. I do pretty long bike rides. I did a 22-mile bike ride up to um, Edgewater from Bayonne, which is just by the George Washington Bridge. Another time, my friend and I went on a 45-mile bike ride over the George Washington Bridge down Done Manhattan. that many times. It's awesome. On so, the on the on the on the uh, the Greenway Trail, right? It's called the Hudson wa Hudson River Waterfront Walkway. Oh, okay. Yep. I've so been right, on right that. around, That's awesome. right around there, right? Um, Going over the GW on a bike is awesome. Is life altering. It is. It <laughs> so if you got, if you get the chance, you should do it. <laughs> oh, you gotta do it. And now I'm going over the other way, over the Bayonne Bridge. Now that it's finished, uh, into Staten Island, um, with friends. So uh, the reason I brought that up is because I like I made a lot of videos on my bike trips, uh, and you can find them on YouTube. But um, I, I started to delve into this passion of of uh, making videos while I was at the weather camp too. I was 16, 
And when I came back and showed it to the principal after the summer, I came back in September and showed it to the principal and I said, hey, this is what I did. He watched the video and he said, this is great. We gotta get Frank in here. Frank's the superintendent of the Hudson County Schools of Technology. Okay. So they brought Frank Garagiulo in. And he said, this is great. We gotta get him as the speaker at the gala. Oh, see? So <laughs> that's just, I never expected you know, this to be important. I just did it because I felt like it was right and I wanted to document the trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I ended up being the student speaker, the only student speaker at the Hudson County Schools of Technology Foundation Gala because they were raising money for their new campus. So they moved from North Bergen to City Caucus into a new new building, and well, they were raising money. So when you're being lofted and respected and loved by peers and educators and taking on these new responsibilities, is is do you embrace it? Do you like it, or is it like oh, I don't want to do that speaking engagement? Or Absolutely I, not. You love so you love. It's called, all it's called giving back. You know, if you are given an opportunity, you have to give back to what gave you that opportunity. That's how I live my life. Yeah, There's but no some people are naturally slightly introverted, and even though oh, they're appreciative of thing, <laughs> they, it's like I don't want to stand in I front of all those a people. Definite extrovert. Oh, okay. So, so no you issue enjoy. with me. And oh. you know, me being a broadcast meteorologist, I have to be comfortable yeah. with speaking so um and i gave lots of speeches i was the eighth grade valedictorian of my class so i gave a long speech valedictorian my valedictory address but a lot of times you don't seem to me like that showy uh um arrogant type a lot of times that well i'm glad that gets mixed in the people who enjoy that stuff are often the blowhards well, but I you try my best to live that. humbly. Yeah, um, you seem yeah very grounded and humble. Thank you. So, I so, you, it. so, and then you do these presentations and awards, and um, uh, it keeps taking you to the next level, so to speak, right? Yeah, and and that's every door opens another one. Yeah. So, um, I went into this this gala speech, and who was the master of ceremonies? But none other than Mike Woods from Fox Five in New York. So I don't know the name. He's a he's Mike a, Woods is the Good Good Day New York meteorologist on. Uh, he's the broadcast morning meteorologist. Okay. On, on uh, everyone, Fox. everyone, and knows everybody him, in New okay. York knows Mike Woods. Right. So he was the MC for the event, and um, he introduced me as the speaker. I went up there, I gave my speech, and then I presented him with a commemorative umbrella from one meteorologist to another <laughs> that said HCST Foundation on it. And uh, the next morning, he had me on the morning news. So with a he picture says, come on. And, no, and no, 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 not I'm in person. Oh, okay. He had a picture, picture of, of me, okay. and he said who I was on the morning news. Now, did you grow up watching this guy? I grew up watching Lonnie Quinn okay. on Channel 2. He's been my role and model you didn't tell since that. I was little. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but Lonnie Quinn has been my role model since I was little. And my mom actually set up a meeting with Lonnie Quinn. She took her a year when I was 12. Another for my meteorologist? my 13th birthday. Yes, this okay. is my, my role model. And she set up this, this meeting when I was 13. I kind of skipped over this. Um, it took her a year to get in contact with him. And she did it all in secret. And she brought me over to New York City for my birthday with my dad. And... Um, they said, oh, we're going to the Empire State Building. We've never done that before. And, of course, me being a meteorologist said, it's foggy out tonight. What are we going to see up at the top oh, of the Empire God, State Building? Yeah. And I'm just being a little twerp the whole night about, I don't want to go to the Empire State Building today. Why don't we reschedule? And she's like, we already bought the tickets. We got to go. And then I find myself at CBS Studios, and I'm like, what are we doing here? And she said, you've always wanted to meet Lonnie Quinn, didn't you? And I was like, no way. And out he came. So there he was. Now, so, is he still doing his thing? He still is, yes. He's been a broadcast meteorologist for many years on CBS, too. He's the chief. 
on CBS too. So solid dude. You met him. Everything's cool. Oh this, my god, he is... was he was more than gracious. He treated us like family. He gave me a personalized tutorial in front of the green screen. Oh yeah. Uh, I did a full forecast, full main weather. <laughs> Get out of here. In front of the green screen, not on air, not of on course. Air, right? But uh, I did the whole thing, including the seven day, and I got to meet the anchors who I, I know well from watching them every night. Um, but anyway, he's he's a role model of mine. Uh, me, uh, meteorologist Lonnie Quinn. But so all of this is further emboldening your desire to for become a meteorologist. I mean, there's no Category de- I mean, it's almost like it has to happen now. Exactly. There's no turning. My my life really <laughs> reads like a book. You know, so many people are are not lucky enough to know what they want to do when they're so young, and to have this passion and to have nurtured this passion my whole life is is something that's really special, and I don't take it for granted. But, so um, the next stage is obvious. You start applying for colleges. And yes. You, you know, a lot of yeah, people yeah, don't yeah. realize this, that there's not a lot of schools that offer meteorology. That's correct. There's Only 60 universities across the United States offer meteorology well, I'm glad. Degrees. So you probably have more information than I do. Between okay, 60, 60 across the nation. How many in the Northeast? Let's say Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. There's Millersville University, Millersville. where I went. Rutgers University, There's where I Rutgers, went. where you went. There's Penn State, Penn of State. course. There's um, up in... Uh, New, where John Hickey went. John Hickey, I can't... The one in New Hampshire. It's escaping right? my mind now, but... Yeah, so there's not many. So, so you, maybe four or five. And you say, I am going to do this, and I have to narrow it down. Right. Did and you know I didn't right have to really narrow it down. So I did the Penn State thing. I did the weather camp. Yeah, so we're, I thought that would hook you in. You become... Uh, a part of, drink the Kool-Aid Penn right. State guy now. So did I. But when I went <laughs> so there, I. <laughs> when I went there, um, it was a little too far away from home. Okay. Uh, it was about a five-hour drive from home. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. couldn't just go home on weekends if I wanted to. And that's a little too far from mom. And uh, I just felt a little isolated. You know, Penn State is in Happy Valley, and that's all that's there. Yes, you know, you, there's yes. no way out. If you wanted to get out of there, it's just it's just Penn State. You're in this little cocoon. And I wanted the mobility of being able to go to New York. Say I got an internship in New York further down the line. There just would be no mobility at Penn State. So uh, And also just the cost of going to an out-of-state out, out uh, oh, yeah, university, yeah, yeah. it just wasn't in the cards. So I only applied to Rutgers University. Linden See, State, just only- remembered. That's the one in ah, New England. Yes, Linden thank you. State. Why not Millersville? Didn't even consider that. Still too uh, far Also away. not New Jersey. Oh, so, so it was the out-of-state. Out-of-state, right. So Rutgers University, I toured. I went to the um, open house, and I, I kind of liked it. And um, I applied, and it's the only school that I applied to, only university. And when I applied, I got into the Honors College at Rutgers. So the Honors College is a special school within Rutgers, which has increased requirements. Um, it actually has a lower acceptance rate than Princeton, Harvard, and Yale. It's a 5% acceptance rate to the Honors College. And uh, similar to high tech, you get to live and work among students from all kinds of different I was going to uh, say, what's the benefit of this? That's, uh, that's increased it? opportunities. Oh, okay. Uh, being able to live in the Honors College with other people from different backgrounds. So, my, uh, so I got into the Honors College, and I, I committed. And um, I lived with a roommate, uh, random. His name was Michael, and uh, <laughs> he was great. He was a double major in vocal performance and musical education. So on one side of the room, you have me doing calculus and say, physics no on my computer. Overlap. There's no and overlap. And on the other side of the room, There's he's no... practicing his yeah. vocal cords and, <laughs> and doing his uh, you know, uh, annotations of music notes and oh, things like man. that. So it was just like these two, you know, hey, you have left brain and right brain, yeah. the way people, different people think. It was like having two totally different vibes. And it worked so well together. Now, did you pre-set this up with him through some application process, or they just threw you together? How did you... How did so, you... Um, a lot of people go in random, but we get to know each other through this Facebook group 
And that's why I had to make a Facebook. I would have never had a Facebook otherwise. I'm in that earlier generation that didn't Face- ever have Facebook. It's for the old people. I wouldn't say for the old people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're more of Instagram people yeah, in our yeah. generation. But anyway, I made a Facebook because there was this Facebook group for all the students coming into the Honors College. And um, we found students. Uh, we would put on our, our, like our little biography and some pictures of us. And Michael reached out to me and said, hey, you, you look normal. You want to be roommates? <laughs> and I was like, sure. So that's how, oh, that's that's how it happened. So but we were still pretty much random. All we said was, sure. So Hey, sometimes you see a connection. It's like when you find the girl of your dreams or the man of your dreams, right? There's just something there. Yeah. So you're at Rutgers. Everything what you thought. You're taking the calculus, the chemistry, the physics. So I applied the... for meteorology, but I was also in the Honors College. So I had all these additional requirements. I had to take classes in um, interdisciplinary honors seminars. And, this um, sounds like torture to me. Uh, no, maybe I'm not, not a go-getter. because you can make it into <laughs> what you want it. You know, there's interdisciplinary honor seminars that span the gamut. But of let's face interest. it, you're doing more work. Yes, but it doesn't feel like more work. Because you know, it's you your have passion, to take elect- guess, right. you have to take electives in okay. college, and instead of taking electives, I took honors college requirements. But they were still kind of electives. So in my freshman year, I took a burn seminar, which is a one credit course, part of my honors college curriculum, that you have to take a seminar that kind of expands your interests. You know, it's first. Burn. Yeah, B-Y-R-N-E. Okay. It's named after a governor, I think, oh, okay. of New Jersey, uh, who might have given some money to Rutgers. <laughs> but um, anyway, I took this burn seminar, and I chose one about the Raritan River. Now, the Raritan River is a very important ecosystem that splits Rutgers campus in half. Now, Rutgers is huge. It's five different campuses. You have to take a bus to get from one to the other. Um, and uh, it actually has the biggest bus system outside of public transportation for a city in the entire country. Uh, so Rutgers is, and I know all these little facts because I was a tour guide for Rutgers. <laughs> uh, see, Jeremy, he's done it all, this guy. Yeah, I have, I have. Um, so anyway, I, I took this burn seminar on the Raritan River. And I fell in love with the Raritan. We got to go out on this boat trip down the Raritan. We got to see the ecosystem for what it is. And all the students at Rutgers think to themselves, oh, the Raritan River, it's this dirty river that runs through Rutgers, and we got to cross it to go over our bus. But what it is is a flourishing ecosystem that is vital to so many different uh, species. As any waterway is. As right? any waterway is. But this one specifically is like keystone to central New Jersey. So I fell in love with the Raritan. And I looked for more and more opportunities in my interdisciplinary honors seminar uh, op- uh, obligations to fulfill the Raritan. So I took the second dairy course to this Tracing the Raritan River seminar as an interdis. Now, this is a three-credit course, a little bit more involved, uh, had more projects involved. Got to go out on the Raritan again, but this time do some sampling of the water. Got to take uh, different instruments out. But now we're doing more ecological than physical science and meteorology. Right. right? You're, you're taking a little turn that's here, That's what I want to point out. Uh-oh, here Nothing we go. Nothing ever steered <laughs> me away from meteorology at all. Right, but you discovered new I discovered things. new passions. I opened new doors and realized, hey... I want to walk through the meteorology door, but I can still walk through, excuse me, I still want to walk through the other doors, too. So I started to find this auxiliary passion in oceanography. Whoa! um, Whoa! That I really enjoyed. Whoa! Um, I teach it at Marywood. (laughs) I'm starting to tickle your fancy, right? Yes! (laughs) But um, I started to love this this, uh, marine science. But it sounds like you're a geoscience guy in oceanography and geology and meteorology. They're all all there, man. They all are connected, exactly. 
Um, so I continued to take my courses, required courses in meteorology, started to send through the levels, took all my calculus classes. You need to take Calc 1 through 4 for meteorology, physics 1 and 2, chemistry, got all those prereqs out of the way. And uh, now I'm getting up into the thermodynamics, dynamics, uh, synoptic meteorology, mesoscale meteorology. And that's where the math really becomes absolutely ins influential and <laughs> indispensable I to were meteorology. I think we're going to say insane, too. Oh, it definitely becomes <laughs> insane, <laughs> for sure. Um, and, and that's something about me marine science. It remains grounded in what you're focused in. You know, marine so science. So you're doing a little contrasting here, I guess. Is that what you're doing? Meteorology is so math heavy. Yes. And you kind of can lose your love when you're deep in those equations. See, now this gets us into a whole different realm. Because as you and I know, um, there's another way to become at least a broadcast meteorologist. And that is a lot of TV people you see doing meteorology. They come out of college as journalists. Right. And, and then they, they may, take that deviation shift they because have, they see the weather guy on the green screen. They're like, hey, that looks kind of fun. fun. No, but a lot of these, a, a lot of broadcast meteorologists, they may not even have taken a science course for their four-year college degree, maybe right. one. Right. And guys like you and I kind of feel that's a little unfair because then... We've gone through the trenches. We've been in the trenches. <laughs> then they get out of college and they get a broadcast job and they're a reporter and they're like, I want to do meteorology. And then they take an online certificate course which makes you a broadcast meteorologist now is right. it a watered down poor man's approach to meteorology i don't know you can argue both ways one and there's less math and there's less labs and mm. chemistry and so I, oh. but i can take solace in the fact that i'm a true scientist you know i'm a scientist by trade and i can use that to my advantage in my future you know i don't see my future just consisting of broadcast meteorology for you know it'll always consist of broadcast meteorology but it just won't always solely consist and that term scientist yeah and i know what you're saying so if you're a broadcast meteorologist are you a scientist are you if you're a if you're a degree meteorologist without the broadcast component are you a scientist what is a scientist a lot of a lot of enterprises consider phd and do you do research now you're a scientist so and i did a, do research it's a loose college. term but I, but that's my point here but, but but i i know that in my heart, I am a scientist, <laughs> and that gives me incredible fulfillment. I love it. Um, I love it. So, what is the Ekman spiral? Do you know? Of course, I know the Ekman <laughs> spiral. <laughs> See, <I'm doing> Come <laughs> on, we're going to talk about boundary layer physics now. <laughs> I'm right out of college. See, folks, I remember I'm, everything. I'm testing him. I'm testing him. All right, he knows the Ekman spiral. All right, so we don't want to. We don't want to get. It's too the turning of the wind as the boundary layer continues. <laughs> and it's, what is it? A backing or a, a veering? Veering to the veering. right. To the right, yes. yes. Um, Northern Hemisphere. Northern Hemisphere, right Coriolis effect. <laughs> but anyway, so... And that's so, why we can have this conversation. Yes, about, we can. We don't want to get too bogged down. Of course uh, not. Because I only have about an hour, and we're cutting through time here. Oh, I want to get to some interesting yeah, yeah, stuff you've done. Yeah, we got, we got some meat and potatoes. But Wait, you're, so, let, me, let me get through college. Finish it up. Finish let me get up. through college. So, so I found this auxiliary passion in oceanography. And then I started to find, want, like, crave more field research experiences out on the water. So I found this experience called STEM Seas, Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math, Student Experiences Aboard Ships. See what they did there? Yes. It's a great, it's a great uh, acronym. <laughs> it's a mouthful, but it's, it's, it's definitely effective. So I found this STEM Seas program, and it allows a six to ten day exploratory experience on board a National Science Foundation research vessel, National Science Foundation funded research vessel. Uh, where you get to conduct your own research on board a vessel uh, on a transit from one location to another. So this is 2019 into 2020. I applied, and I got into the program. Then COVID hit. Oh. And they canceled all transits. Oh. Also 2020, 
So you're on, a ve- you're on a research vessel. Is this like the Glomar Challenger? What is this kind of? It's a smaller vote, smaller vessel. Okay, about a 270 foot long boat. But you're doing uh, saning, sampling, coring. You're yeah, doing yeah, a coring, bit of sampling okay. of, of water, plankton toes to be able to pull up some microorganisms and gotcha. do some testing on yep. it. Um, and it so didn't happen. It didn't happen. 2020. Also 2020 to 2021, my junior into senior year. That's your prime year for an internship. And now remember Lonnie Quinn, right? From earlier yes. our conversation yes. that I met when I was 13 years old. I kept in contact with him throughout all of high school, throughout all of college, and I went and visited him again beginning of 2020 to see him in the studio. And uh, I said, you know, my internship year is coming up. And he's like, I know. I've always thought about you having as an intern. I'd love to have you. Uh You know, there's 600 or 700 applicants, but I'll put in a good word for your name. We'll see how things go. 2020 rolls around. COVID hits. Lonnie tells me, sorry, Jeremy. All internships are canceled until summer 2022. By then, I'm already graduated. That's my summer after graduation. Then I call up NBC, ABC, Fox in New York, Boston, Philly, Baltimore, Every single one of them canceled their internships because of COVID. You know, this is an unprecedented experience. Nobody knows how to handle COVID. We don't know how anything's going to We couldn't even have guests in our building. Of course not. There's no internship. So what do you do? So uh, I scrambled. (laughs) And um, I went to the virtual AMS conference, the American Meteorological Society conference, in 2021, the virtual conference. It would have been in New Orleans, but it was virtual. And I met on a panel. Catherine Prosiv, she's the senior weather producer for the Today Show. So you meet her, you're on a panel. On a panel, uh, virtually. Would, would, she's with just on Dozens Zoom. of people. Uh, hundreds of hundreds people. Hundreds of people. Hundreds of people and on the panel. And she's just one little head. And she's one little on head the on the Zoom panel. panel. Right? She's talking, she was one of the panelists. And she uh, put out her contact information. You know, if you're ever interested in getting to talk to her, whatever, you know, she put out her email. So I emailed her and I said, hey, Catherine, um, I know this is a long shot, but there's no internships available because of COVID, and I have absolutely no internship experience, and I need it in order to be able to be a broadcast meteorologist. I need to know what it's like to work in this industry. Is there any opportunity to be able to at least shadow you for a day to see what you do at the Today Show? Oh, this is good. So she comes back. This is good. She emails me. She says, hey, Jeremy, thank you so much for reaching out. Looks like uh, after talking with my boss, you're not going to be able to shadow me at NBC because uh, it's confidential information and you wouldn't be able to see it unless you work for NBC. So how about we start talking about an internship? She said, we're going to look into it and see if we can facilitate it. A few weeks later, she slides me the application and says, we have now opened our application for National Climate Unit Intern for the NBC News Unit at 30 Rock in New York City. And that's with? With Al Roker. He is the chief meteorologist there at the Today Show. Um, See, now, wait. And they opened up this application because I asked about, you know, this being a possibility. But we got to stop. Because Catherine never knew. You know, she's so busy in the professional realm. Well, that's what she I, never I, thought to herself, oh, wow, these people are really. So th- there's a lot here, though. It's number one, it's persistence on your part. Number two, it's out of the box thinking. Number three, did she know of you? Maybe no. you already have her. She know, you're just another. Just another student in meteorology from across the country. But somehow this worked. So. I was up against students from across the country now. So this is, this is an extreme internship, right? But this it's is an national. unconventional approach, which is the it beauty is. of it. It is. It is an unconventional approach, and um, it was something I never would have thought I would have gotten. Right. So, right, uh, you have these local internships, but now they don't exist anymore. So everybody is now hyper-competitively trying to get this national internship. And now I'm not just facing competition from my local area, yeah. but from across the country. So th- I, in my mind, I had no shot. Getting this internship. Yes. But um, Catherine reached back out to me. 
But why did wasn't this still COVID? Why would yes. they allow co- this during? So COVID? this is 2021. Oh, so it's so we had just started off. getting yeah, yeah, yeah. Va- vaccinated, and uh, there looked to be wow. you know there was light at the end of the tunnel, and um, it was a pretty much virtual internship with some hybrid opportunity if it were safe enough. Um, but it's persistence and good luck. Yes, it, persistence, good luck, and good timing. And I'm going to say unconventional thinking. And good people to be able to make things work. See, if there's anyone listening that could be inspired by a guy like Jeremy, it's it's you got to be persistent. You can't you gotta give up. you got to think out of the box. You, you know how many times up. I thought to myself, after calling a newsroom, one time I called uh, some newsroom in Baltimore, and it was Election Day 2020. And I was like, hi, I'm a meteorology student uh, majoring in meteorology at Rutgers University, and I'm really interested in having an internship, but pretty much everybody's canceling them due to COVID. Do you have any opportunities available? And the person on the line said, do you know what day it is today? It's election day. Don't you ever call ah. here again. <laughs> <laughs> and after I had that call, I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, but you're going to run into cranky people. You can't let them get <laughs> of to course. you. But, you know, you might have those people, and they might dissuade you from ever trying again. Don't but let I them. I just kept being persistent and tried somebody new. Oh, God, yeah. I um, love this. So anyway, Catherine, I went through three interview rounds with them, and I was chosen as the only climate unit intern for this national position. So did they so they had others in mind, not just you? Oh yeah. There were lots of applicants. Oh, so that's where you And I'm very lucky to have been chosen. So you're there with Al Roker. Give so now I'm there with Al Roker. Give it to so me, yes, baby. Yes. Al's so, a good guy, um, solid guy. May twenty twenty one. I was uh, signed on as the climate unit intern. My first onboarding week was in June and I was the climate unit intern for the entire summer. And then I was reassigned as the climate unit again for the fall and the spring. So I was a three time uh, intern. That's pretty impressive. In a row, three semesters in a row. But does that normal, or they had to uh, have liked you and loved your work? So we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Keep moving. I'm lucky. Yes. That and we I, need that to tell everyone who I was. We need to tell everyone no, nothing against Al Roker, but there's an example of a guy who I think has a teaching degree. No he, science no journalism. background. He's a broad. He's a journalist. Journalist. Mm-hmm. Journalism degree. So from he, SUNY Oswego. Even though he is the nation's weather, weatherman, meteorologist, he does not have the science background. Yes, and as such... But that's okay. He needs a briefing every morning. So, so every morning Jeremy. at 4 a.m., <laughs> I would give him a, a FaceTime call with the other producers of the show and give him his briefing of what's occurring across the country so that he's prepared. We'd make all of his graphics behind the scenes, so I got a really great uh, education in how to use the same software we use here at WNEP. Max is um, used throughout the so country. So I used how to use... Figured out how to use all those graphics, and I also had a lot of practice at Rutgers. We have our own studio, and that's oh, yeah. another thing that drew me to Rutgers. At Penn State, you have to be a upperclassman before you can do broadcast online. Uh, ha, ha, on ha. Take that, Penn Whereas State. At Rutgers, Rutgers you can start from the day you come in oh, as a freshman. There you go. I love it. So I started my freshman uh, doing that that uh, on air thing, and and I got more interest in Max while I was with with Al. Max is the software system. Right, right, the software system. So, so, but but does Al, the guy like Al, who's been doing this for decades, is it just another intern? Like, do you, does he see guys like you every three, four months, or you're just another one in the, in a series of? I tried to make myself well known. Um, anytime there was a remote opportunity, I was right there asking Al, "Hey, can I come with you?" So he, um, he went. He did, he did this Rokerthon. It's on the first day <laughs> of uh, summer. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, he tried to break a Guinness World Record where he had the longest weather reporting relay. And I remember um, that. Yeah. 
I went down to Long Branch. I drove down to Long Branch, you didn't New have Jersey. To. No, I didn't have to. See, that's what I, I mean. actually There's worked more... the entire morning. Most of my shifts were 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. There's more above and beyond. I take every, every opportunity that is available to me. I look at life like a cornucopia. And if you don't take the effort to take the apple out of the cornucopia, then it's just going to sit there tantalizing you, right? So, so cornucopia, all those fruits that are coming out, what about it narrows at the end of the cornucopia? What's your metaphor do there? I think life is an infinite cornucopia. <laughs> okay. And every so time you take an apple, it replaces itself. <laughs> so it generates. It's not a narrow dead end. No, no, no. no okay. Narrow <laughs> dead end. <laughs> yeah. You scared me there. No, no, so, no. Uh, so working with Al was great? That yes, working great with guy. Al was great. I got to go on remote there and do that uh, broadcast. I, ha I was there with live support right there on, on set. Um, I was on the Today Show several times. I went with a sign that took me 10 hours to make that said, I heart the Today Show, and I'm Al Roker's intern. Um, and I was in the background. If you look it up on YouTube, you'll find my video. I, I have a bunch of uh, snippets of me with my sign in the background. And then I was chosen later as a contestant on the show um, where they introduced me as a, me a meteorologist from Bayonne, New Jersey. So uh, Jenna Bush Hager as well as Chanel Jones, who are the co-hosts oh, really? of the third hour. Yeah. So because you are such a, 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 a go-getter, a smart guy, a good-looking guy, a hard worker, um, did you stand out there? Or do you think you're just another intern? I think I, I stood out. I mean, I, I gave my all to what I did. Right. And I, I wrote a lot of nationally published articles um, for NBCNews.com um, with Catherine. We co-wrote a lot of the articles, and by the end, I was writing them, and she was approving them. So she put my name first, which was really awesome on, on the authoring of those, of those articles. Um, and since I've seen prior interns, you know, after me, and they haven't written as many articles as I did, you know, I really uh, went above and beyond. And I think Catherine took notice to that. Yeah, that seems to be um, your mantra so far, and I love it. And, I, and I'm a strong believer in going beyond the required. So, so we have to jump to WNEP, and I'm going to be totally <laughs> honest here. I feel like I'm in a Catholic confession. So when I heard about you coming here, I knew nothing about you. Um, I'm thinking there's something fishy about this guy. Why, if he's a big shot with Al Roker, why, if he's good-looking as he is, everyone, You're too kind. <laughs> everyone loves this guy. He's got a great personality, sweetheart, so smart. I believe first in your class at Rutgers or something, perfect 4-0. I, I and that actually extends all the way back to kindergarten. Um, from my very first class... Uh, I've never never gotten anything less than an A. Yeah. So so throughout uh, all of high school, I got nothing less than an A plus. I yeah. was the only student ever to do that in my high school, the, the vocational technical school. See, so so, so it, it's uh, a record that extends eighteen listen years. Listen to this, folks. So hearing all of this, no offense to WNEP, we're just another local station. No, you're not. So I thought, why would he come here then? And I I'm guilty of like. This guy seems like, with all of his qualifications, his looks, his intelligence, his personality, his his contacts That's with why NBC, I am here. I'm thinking he can go to Chicago, he can go to Definitely LA. Not. Why is he coming here? Definitely and I still not. don't need to know that answer. So, broadcast meteorologists start their career straight out of college, right? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Pause. We were gonna get we we're gonna get to your question, okay. but I wanted to just say about stem seas. It got canceled. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <I> just <laughs> remembered that. It got canceled during COVID, right? Yes. But then with my persistence, I kept asking them, summer 2021, so is there going to be a STEM Seas expedition? No. T summer 2022, now I'm graduated. Is there still going to be a STEM Seas expedition? And I was like, I'm graduated now, but I still want to go. You're still pushing it. And they said, you know, Jeremy, we know how badly you want to go. 
we're going to have you out on a ship. And I got to go. In and this August. is after you. So you are the only college graduate who's doing an intern type thing. Yeah. So there's some more persistence yes. coming through. And I was the only graduate <laughs> there. There were freshmen, See? sophomores, juniors, and seniors on the uh, ship. You know, there were some grad students too, but nobody who was graduated and not planning on going on to uh, grad school as of yet. Um, so I was the only student there who was graduated, and I got to do a, a transit from Seattle down to San Diego, where I got to take those water samples, and I got well, to meet see, students from across the country, and uh, that was an amazing experience. See, you had to get back to that, and I'll, I, you reminded me of something I always told my kids when they were little. I said... And then I'll get back to why WNP. Oh, yeah, we got, it, we got it in our board. But you are an example of this. I, maybe you're not an example of this. I told my kids, there's always going to be someone smarter than you. There's always going to be someone better looking than you. There's always going to be someone faster than you. There's always going to be someone more this, more that. But is there going to be someone more passionate than you? No. Or you, for that matter. So I mean, take a look my... at one of your forecasts, and no, you'll see there's that... nobody more passionate than you. No, but that's my point. So, so passion is the key to everything, I, I think. I think so. I think passion, it really is. Passion, like you said, respect. Passion. Oh, I like that. Passion, respect. Mm -hmm. So, yes. So, you prove that, although... I don't know if that works because because maybe there is no one smarter than you. Maybe there is no one. I don't think so. Maybe That's there is no one better looking than absolutely you. Absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> you're looking you're look right here. There's the guy that's smarter and better looking than me. <laughs> so so no, the WNEP thing, how does it happen? Um so the WNEP uh, uh, right, right. So right after graduation, you normally go on your broadcast career and that's why I brought up STEM C's. I instead wanted to pursue my scientist side, okay. my research side, yeah. be able to experience what it's like to in, 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 be involved in marine science. Okay. Um, and I took some time off. I wanted to do that STEM Seas thing, and then I got more involved in it. Now I'm an ambassador for the program, and I speak at conferences across the country about the program. But, Jeremy, right so, there, some cynic could say, it's time to start life. Get a job. Okay, get a full-time job. Enough of this. Right. That's like a dad thing. I would probably say and that I to Mike. And I always planned on it. I would maybe you know, say that to 18, Mike. <laughs> after 18 years of working beyond the required and being a firm believer of being determined and persistent, okay. and I was tired. And I needed just some time before I jumped into my career for my mental health all right, all to right. be prepared okay. to be able to be, be a okay. good broadcast meteorologist. So I planned on looking for jobs in the fall of 2022, maybe giving myself about six months, okay. and I ended up filling it with the STEM Seas experience and then being an ambassador for the program and speaking at conferences gotcha. about it. Um, but once you come out of college, and this is getting back to your question, um, you start, there are 210 markets across the country. I did not know that. 210 news markets. So those are sections of the country that are split up where you can see that station's uh, broadcast from. So when you say... So WNEP's One station, of those? We're three stations in this market. Or right, two so stations. this is a market. This is one of the markets. One market. Okay. It's the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre market. Right. And uh, there's 210 of them across the country. Number 210 is in Montana where only 4,000 people can watch you. <laughs> and number one is New York City, where 7.5 million, million people. people can watch you. So they're ranked based on the number of households that can tune in and see you, right? And that's households, sorry, not people. So 7.5 million households, and how many more people is that, right? right? Yeah, five, 10 so, people watching um, the house. We're talking about, exactly. So normally you will start your career at a 210 to a 100. That's that's your range of markets that you'll start your career at. Because any further market, you'll have to have some type of experience in a prior market to be able to get on but air I think there. that's changing. But I see where you're going. Not so much. I see where you're going. Okay. So you said, why doesn't he just go to Chicago? Yeah. Well, I'm not qualified to be in Chicago quite yet. But 
I need. Oh, oh. do you hear the quite yet? He's leaving us. He's leaving us, <laughs> folks. Don't, don't put that He's in their head. He's leaving us. That's not true. I love you all here in northeastern and central Pennsylvania. No, it's I am okay. proud to serve you. I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. No, but it's okay. Don't plan on leaving anytime it's soon. It's okay. Absolutely not. But th- where does WDP fit into this? That's then? what I want to get to. So, graduating from Rutgers, no person has ever gone straight to anything less than 100 market. Okay. You know, market 100. I remember uh, two years before I gra- three years before I graduated, we had a student who got into um, Athens, Georgia, who's like 108 market, 108. We were all freaking out for her. We were like, yeah, wow, she got into 108. Really? This is amazing. This is a great start to career. And now she works in New York City at Fox Weather Ooh. and the streaming platform. Jane Menard, she's a great person. I still keep in contact with her to this day. WNEP falls at number 58. 58. I knew we were in the 50s, which is pretty impressive. Extremely impressive. We broadcast to over a half a million households here in northeastern and central Pennsylvania. So when I was but how did you research all this? You researched all this. Yeah, You're looking at TV stations, numbers, facts, yes, yes, figures. Yes. And when I see put how out passionate my... this guy is, I never <laughs> even looked into that garbage. Well, you wound up at the right place. <laughs> okay. So that's all that matters. So you found um, WNP stuck out. WNP 100% stuck out because um, I was getting offers from across the country. Um, I got offers from Norfolk, Virginia, which actually is, uh, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach area, and that was 46. So that's a higher market, yeah. even more people right. uh, from Kentucky and Connecticut and Albany reached out. All kinds of stations reached out when I put my reel, which is uh, my basically my video resume, video resume out there on YouTube. But WNAP, And by the way, in the video resume, were you trying to be TV weather guy or were you saying, this is me, take me or leave me? Yeah, of course. What, the, the latter? Yes, yes. Man uh, this bun, is me. This is me. And I got, I got hits. Did you it. feel that deterred in any way? Or there are so know? many news directors that told me that you're going to have to change your look in order to be able to They be told accepted. you flat out that. Flat out. I like People how you from... said, damn the torpedoes. <laughs> Screw you. I'm doing my thing. And I didn't expect to look like this ever. Um, the only reason I ended up growing out long hair is because of the pandemic. And I was on my way to growing long hair, and I was like, well, screw it now. I don't care what I look like. And then did, I grew a beard, and I didn't even know I could do that. <laughs> did your mom give you similar advice or no? To cut my hair and beard? No, to, to maybe you should conform a little more. No. No. Never. Oh, I my like mom, this one. I like this woman. My mom is a trailblazer go-getter, too. I like this woman. And maybe that's woman. where I get it from. Yeah, you know, I'm she, sure you do. I love she it. Is a persistent, I love free thinkers. She is a persistent bugger. <laughs> <laughs> and she will go after what she believes in. And I I wholeheartedly took that from her. And she always said, go for what you look like. This is you. This you is are you. you. Yes. And then I ended up keeping this look because of my modeling career, which I didn't expect to happen at all. I ended up joining the modeling team at Rutgers. See, and we're then running, running out of time. I, can do all, I, I wanted, to, I wanted to do all a whole... Day. I was, I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna, I'm going to bug you about the model thing before this ends in five minutes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, But WDP stuck out and then you applied? My modeling career wanted this look. So because it wanted this look, I ended up keeping it and I said, I'm going to stick it to the, the career professionals here at, at, in the meteorology realm and be who I am. I am the only long-haired meteorologist in the entire country on air. Wow. As I know of. If anyone wants to come out after this podcast and say I'm a long-haired male meteorologist. No, you don't know how much I love that. But I, as, as far as I know, I'm the only long-haired male meteorologist on air. I love it. I love so it. anyway, WNEP stuck out for many reasons. First of all, you get to do the weather outside. Where else can you do the weather outside? There's about a handful of stations across the country that you can do it. Perfect. Minneapolis, um, there's uh, Denver. Who cares? And us, and several others. That allows me to showcase my fashion on air. <laughs> I can wear whatever I want. I can break the bounds of, of what is 
professional. You in your shorts, sorry, Allie I, in her coats. Sorry, I already did that. <laughs> but but that's that's yeah. really awesome that so I, I can showcase out. that. That number one. John Hickey reached out to our professors at Rutgers and said, hey, we kind of need some help here um, to fill in every once in a while. Is there anybody, recent oh. grads, who is interested? And I reached out to my professor at Rutgers and said, hey, I'm kind of interested. When would this be for? And instead of telling me any information, he just put me directly in contact with Hickey. <laughs> and um, we've continued the conversation there. And I felt such a warm vibe from everybody here that I spoke to. And the news director, Our news director immediately Rachel, embraced you. Immediately embraced me. Because she's a cool free Kurt, thinker, too. Kurt, once we talked for the first time, I knew there was something special between me and Kurt. We connected over our love for dogs. You know, he's, <laughs> he's the dog guy, Ranger and Roscoe. And I had a dog when I was growing up. Her name was Tukey. Uh, sweetest dog, and she uh, taught me what it's like to love something. Loved her so much, and I miss her to this day. She was 17 and a half when she died. Um, but anyway, Tuki was a Lhasa Apso, and we connected over our love for dogs. And I said, I've never felt like I fit in in a place like ever before, like this. And not once was I asked to alter my appearance. Um, being able to work outside, being able to live just two hours away uh, in New Jersey. Which sounds like a long commute. Which sounds hey, like a long commute, but it's not. It, right. Because it's a lot closer than Iowa, Indiana, And you're used to driving Ohio. to the Delaware Gap or something. What's another 40 minutes? Right? right, exactly. But I was told I'd have to start out in Idaho or Montana as my first broadcast job. Um, and, I, and just breaking that stereotype of being able to break into a market that's just two hours away from home. And you saw WNEP as a lot of free thinkers. We're I doing saw it as a thing. lot of free thinkers. I saw it as an awesome opportunity to learn from the best in this industry, to be able to showcase my fashion on air, to be able to break boundaries in this industry. And you're doing it. And then also just to have a community of people that really support what we do here. You know, we have the best viewers around. There isn't anybody else that follows their news personalities like they're a member of the family. It sure seems that way. It's awesome. So um, I'm glad. So why don't you just stay here forever? I, I might. I just might. If Kurt, has <laughs> like any, been... if Kurt has anything to do with it, he wants me to. So, And um, look at me. I'm 57. I'm going to be dead soon. You can just oh, take over for stop me. stop that. You have a long life ahead of you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What, no. do you say, what do you say every day on your forecast? It's a great day to be alive. And man. you're going to be alive you for You know, a I'm lot just kidding. But the, point is, <laughs> but the point is, we'd love to have <laughs> you here. <laughs> we'd love to have you here. And you. I'm glad you're loving it. And I seem like I'm rushing things because I do have to go teach at Marywood I know. in 20 I know minutes. But... Um, so when you started here and you started doing it, a little uncomfortable at first. I don't know, were you? Absolutely. But yeah. you, you feel like I mean, you I got did a lot of practice now? on air at Rutgers, and I I did some practices uh, during my internship at the Today Show as well. But, but I, you're in a group. I never did a outdoor forecast. There's a whole different set of rules. Uh, you know, first weather is just you, and then your graphics, and yeah. then just you again, and then main weather is you go up onto the green screen, but you're moving around a lot, yeah, it's and you awesome. have to, there's just a lot with the clicker and being able to utilize, be able to build all your graphics before your show. Awesome. So during my training week, you know, I was fully equipped with all the information I needed, especially by Allie. She wrote out this entire... Um, list of things of what I need to do for every shift, and Kurt was such a great role model. Because you were filling in for Allie, so she gave you the rundown on her shift. Right. Well, all the shifts, actually. She created a rundown for all the shifts, including Valerie's, because I was filling in for Valerie as well. And you, once. Uh, that was on the day after Christmas. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so you're loving it so far. Two degrees outside. So you're lucky you didn't work that day. <laughs> <laughs> so so we all welcome you. We love you. We're, we're hope you. you're here to stay. Um, and I'm not going to let you go until I ask you... Um, 
Did I leave anything out, by the way? I don't think so. Just the modeling thing. That's what, what I'm going to get to right now. So listen, I'm a little annoyed by it, jealous of it, model. Doesn't when you tell someone you're a model, doesn't it come with a little bit of something, a little bit of what a jerk? Let's what is maybe, that about maybe that's human? Why I leave it out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about human nature? You know, another example of that when you see people put on their sunglasses. My theory is always if you have sunglasses on, you become a jerk. And I don't know why that is, too. Okay. Because well, you'll never see us with sunglasses on. We're not allowed to wear them outside <laughs> in our studio. Could you imagine if one of us, because it's bright out there at times, did the forecast with glasses on, you'd be like, what a jerk. Who right. do they think you are? Uh, pro- pretentious. Pretentious. So for whatever reason it is, I'm not saying you're a there jerk. There is a stigma of pretentiousness around There is a stigma a of you say you're a model. So what, what is, It's hard. Model life is not easy. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in a what sarcastic you, what way. What do you model? What, do, what does that mean? So, um, you're ripping your shirt off now for the camera? Go ahead. <laughs> I have no abs to show you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, I, I joined the modeling team at Rutgers. Uh, and then I tried out on a whim for Atlantic City Fashion Week which is a show, a fashion show in Atlantic City where you get to model all kinds of designer brands. So clothes modeling. Uh, clothes modeling, yes, yeah. Uh, and I was discovered after I walked. Oh, I got in, which I didn't expect. And then I walked, and I got discovered by a modeling uh, agency. And a scout signed me to their agency. And now I am a signed model where they look for commercial and print opportunities. And I'm looking for commercial and print opportunities as well. So we might see you on a billboard wearing underwear? Somewhere? That's not allowed according to my contract okay. with WNEP. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Otherwise, would you take it, though? Um, maybe underwear, if I worked out a little bit more. Underwear model? You know, the <laughs> guy, he's so sitting much. there. He's sitting there, like, on his Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> the sun is setting. He's smoking a cigarette, and he's in his underwear. You'll never see me smoke a cigarette. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> That's right. No more cigarettes. Right. <laughs> but I, I don't think so. I, I but was, this model thing could take I'm off in another for, direction. I'm looking or? for more print commercial opportunities, like for uh, being a secretary in a background, or okay. for Frito-Lay commercial, or for um, several other brands. Lenovo, like the computer, computer brand. Oh. I'm constantly auditioning for these oh, that's different excellent. Uh, opportunities, both on print and in commercials. Haven't gotten any yet, but um, I'm officially a runway model. So I just walked in New York Fashion Week last week. I Folks, what a jerk. Three huh? different shows. What a pretentious jerk. I'm not wearing sunglasses. <laughs> I'm just Come on. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. I walked no, in three awesome. different shows, and I got to model all kinds of different designer wear. It's... And I, I have a runway walk. That I, ha- I just taught Chelsea and uh, Claire on, on Facebook Live. You have Live a walk that you do. That I do, and that I've curated over the past Jeremy, four years. Jeremy, so. Jeremy, It seems to me like you are a rocket on a launch pad, and it's a the countdown is on. That's oh, how it seems to you. me. So I'm glad we did this podcast, because I'm going to say I knew him before he was extremely rich and extremely famous. I and then I'm going to call you up someday so, and say, hey, okay, take me out to Hollywood. I want to <laughs> hang, hang out with your big friends. And you're, you're going to owe me. Of course. I owe you already. <laughs> but uh, until I can pay you back, we're going to pretend like I don't owe you. <laughs> but uh, very, very kind of you to see, you know, the, to have the faith and believe in, to believe I'm in me. I'm telling you, you're a rocket um, on the launch pad, man. Another mentor that I'm really grateful to have. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's say tomorrow you get a phone call. It's a modeling agency, and they say, we're going to give you $350,000 a year to model for us for three years. It's a contract. It's kind of what you want. It's everything you can imagine. And then you're all excited. You're pumped, and the phone rings a second after that, and they're like, okay, this is the Today Show, and we're going to give you $350,000 Now, why to would be... you make me choose between the two? You have to pick, two. brother. Come on. you got to pick. What's it gonna... I'm going out on another ship expedition. <laughs> oh, you're going to turn both down. I love it. I love it. Turn them down. 
down. I had to go do some more research. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know what I would choose in that. In that, I mean, my, my life goal has always been to be a broadcast meteorologist since I was five years old, giving that forecast in kindergarten. So I can't turn down the Today Show. Ooh, um, I love it. But love the, it. the money in modeling is a lot more than you'd find on air. You don't make a lot as a broadcast meteorologist. Um, it all depends on what you mean by that. And, of course, when I'm part-time, I need something to supplement my income, and that's right. why I do the modeling on the side. Because one commercial, you could get $2,000, $3,000 from for one day of shooting for 10 hours. And one uh, newscast, you're not getting that. Definitely not. <laughs> Don't think we're allowed to say how much, but definitely not. Not $1,000, $2,000. All right. Well, he's about to blast off, folks. Uh, he's on the launch pad, and he's going to go. So, uh, Jeremy, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing the podcast. Of course. And, uh, Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is something something I've wanted to do since I first looked up WNEP and I saw Mr. Curiosity. I saw the... Oh, I love it. And <laughs> the, here's... The, the anthem that you have at the beginning, the Songify anthem. I used to use that app all the time. <laughs> You're on to me. I didn't think anyone know. I, I knew fine. about it. That's, oh, that, might be and when I, sh- that might be copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that for the first time, I was like, I got to get on this, guys. If I get, if they like me at the station, I got to get on this, Mr. Curiosity. So I did it. I did oh, it, everybody. Oh, man. <laughs> you sold me out. All right, here's the sound of Jeremy's launch pad now, the rocket. That's not blowing up. As long as there's no blow up in no, the end, exactly. No, that's sky high, brother. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you coming so much, in. Joe. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything, Mr. Curiosity.